Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. I'm ready for next week. I'm ready for Monday. Um... Any win's a good win. I congratulate that team. They, they're well-coached, uh, physical, good football team. Uh, Coach Moe and his boys are going to have a good season. Uh, I'm ready for next week. Well, Monday's here. Let's get to it. It is Oklahoma-Nebraska week. Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, ready to roll today. A few thoughts few additional thoughts on Buffalo and what happens Saturday. A whole week's worth as we dive into Nebraska, Oklahoma. I want to hear your thoughts and uh, hopes, right, or fears uh, as a Nebraska fan. Can dial us up numbers to get in today on Hale Varsity Radio, 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-800. Five eight six five. You can email Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Give us a follow. Find us on Twitter, Chris Schmidt at Schmidt underscore radio at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. As uh, we we don't have the bags packed quite yet in Uncle Andy's RV, but uh, as soon as the clock strikes six Thursday. We are motoring on down to Norman. Should be a good time, and uh, we'll be there. Uh, at uh, Joe Washington's joint uh, Friday uh, for uh, a live Hale Varsity. Again, our road show is powered by friends at Aero Brokerage and uh, Ferris Financial Group. So excited about that. Friday, of course, Saturday, we'll be there uh, with the weekend edition and a Real Red Reaction. But a lot of time between now and when we hit the road to Norman. Coming up, a guy who played in the Oklahoma-Nebraska series jay moore our dear friend with big red wrap-up blackshirt husker nfler jay moore in about 20 minutes uh in hour two we are loaded for you uh current and former uh mr blackshirt charlie mcbride with us to kick off hour two and then the bootleggers boy barry switzer with us at 5 25 we'll talk to uh mr half a hundred himself as we wind down the second hour had a pretty awesome chance to sit down with uh, a guy that's getting a lot of buzz a because he's played at a high level b because he's so young but uh, big teddy teddy prohaska uh super talented uh, product out of elkhorn south uh, and uh, he'll be with us. You've seen him in at left tackle. He's performed well. His mate, Brant Banks, also made an appearance during the interview. So uh, a little tackle talk in uh, the latter part of hour two. You have the numbers. We can get in and uh, dive into Oklahoma. Let me ask you this. Does, does Nebraska-Oklahoma mean much to you? 
and your answer is going to be on that division line of, of how many birthday candles you have on your birthday cake. That's just what it is. Or did you grow up in a family that uh, bled red on Saturdays? Uh, my family history with Nebraska football is pretty well documented. Like many of you, grew up going on Saturdays. That was our family deal. It was awesome. Uh, Elijah, you got to, to watch Nebraska football and spend time with uh, your your family as well. And it's just part of you. And, and that's incredible. Oklahoma, Nebraska was so special uh, to us 40 and uppers because of what it meant, what it signified, what it is and what it was. And that was who's going to go possibly play for a chance at a national championship in Miami on New Year's Day. That was the gate, the fence, the mountain you had to climb. And uh, whoever won the the Big Eight had a date down on Miami Beach to to start the new year, likely against a Florida team. (laughs) So... Uh, it, it was special, and that was your measuring stick, right? You had your non-conference game the third week of September. You had somebody that would rise up and be pretty decent in the Big Eight, maybe an Okie State, maybe a Colorado. And, and then there was Oklahoma at the end of the year for all the marbles. And uh, we'll, we'll get uh, tutored on that history with Barry Switzer and Coach McBride here next hour. We go to Buffalo. We talk Nebraska and... A lot of good things to take out of that ball game. What 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 a freak show! First and foremost, from the officials. Okay, uh, moving on from that, just got to call that out, point that out, Captain Obvious. Forgive me, but we asked some questions going into Buffalo. A, what uh, what did you want to see out of Nebraska? What was their start going to be like? Uh, how is Nebraska's run game going to be? What did you get out of Adrian Martinez? And I think we're at this point, we're all pretty well-versed on just what the defense is. And the defense is, is the best part of the best phase of this football team. Special teams, still a major work in progress. Offense, you've got a stud quarterback and uh, some guys that can catch the football when they're healthy. But you don't have a cohesive run game or offensive line yet. What did we see on Saturday? Nebraska's start, not great again. Buffalo had a lot to do with that. Nebraska's run game, per our friend Mitch Sherman, the running backs have carried the ball 100 times in three games for 379 yards. You've got a gain of 20 and a few, maybe three or four more runs of, of 10 yards or more. But it's a lot of car crashes when you're trying to run up the middle. When you're trying to run between the tackles, it ain't popping. And then you have Adrian Martinez, who was incredible. Here is the cold reality right now. And there's a lot of season left. There's ways to get better on the offensive line. There's ways to get a guy like Gabe Irvin Uh, When you saw him running in the third and fourth quarter, do some nice things. You see the skill there. But here's the the, the reality. And it was really drilled home against Buffalo. Think about that game against Buffalo without Adrian Martinez. Maybe Nebraska still wins. Maybe. But it's 7-3. to (laughs) Okay? It ain't going to get done unless Adrian gets it done. 
that is what is on this kid's shoulders through three games. He's ripped off a 75-yard run. He's ripped off a 71-yard run. He's connected on at least two passes less than a week ago of nearly 70 yards. Nebraska had to hit the big play against Buffalo. They did. And Ture got loose in the slot. But it was all set up by Adrian. You want to talk about being calm when you drop back 24 times and there's 14 hurries or hits on you on top of what you faced against Illinois where there were 24 hurries, hits, sacks, or pressures in 46 dropbacks. Uh, 50% cannot be the batting average moving forward, and you're going up against an insanely talented front four in Oklahoma. Buffalo didn't even bring a fifth rusher that often. Illinois didn't bring a fifth blitzer that often. Or if they did bring a linebacker, one of the linemen would drop out zone blitz style. That is that is very worrisome for Nebraska moving forward. The the counter to that is the fact that you've got a guy that has been able to stay calm, been turnover free the last two games, and do enough to scramble, do enough to get out of trouble, and create. And I think he can still do that on Saturday for Nebraska, but he shouldn't have to do it as magically or as often as he has in the first three games. So, great win. And yeah, we can say, gee, great, because Buffalo's a good MAC team. You can't be worried about Buffalo upsetting you all of last week and then just kind of brush off the win. Good for Nebraska to get that done. Nebraska scored 28. They could have had 50. That's the other question I have. We'll get there in a minute. What's What's left on the field versus what's going to stay on the field through mistakes. Artez, thanks for calling in. Welcome into Hale Varsity, brother. I know you're geeked up for Oklahoma, Nebraska. Yes, sir. How are you doing today, bro? I'm good, man. What do you know? Well, I, I witnessed some, uh, some devastating losses as a kid. You know, my brother Curtis, he never actually beat Oklahoma in his four years at Nebraska from 74 to 77. But Roger got to win a couple games at 81 and 82 season, so... Yeah, there's been some great games and some disappointing games. You know, I know Roger, actually, when we beat Oklahoma in 78, uh, when they were ranked number one, Mm -hmm. the following Saturday when Rick Burns ran for 255 yards, we got beat by Missouri. And Roger was actually on a recruiting visit that weekend. And um, so that that broke his heart that day. So... But, uh, yeah, I would definitely say that uh, this this rivalry, it just goes way back. I mean, it's unfortunate we don't play each other enough anymore, but uh, it's going to be fun to watch Saturday. You know, I'm I'm intrigued by it. I can't wait to see what Nebraska brings. And is OU as good as advertised? I think they have the ability to be as good as advertised. I'll get into some thoughts on some of my Sooner research in a moment. But, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it... that's what it was. It either ruined right. your holiday or it made your holiday. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, and the thing about it, I, I, you know, you have a tendency to slip a game or two. I mean, it's, who knows? It could be the weekend they lose one of those games they're supposed to win. So it's, it could happen. You never know. I mean, I, I remember, I think it was 2000 or something, we played Iowa State, and they beat us like 9-7 because we had seven turnovers. Mm-hmm. Anything's possible. I mean, that, that 78 game, Oklahoma fumbled the ball five times, and the biggest one was the last one. When Billy Sims fumbled on the three-yard line, I think Jeff Hansen hit him, 
and uh, uh, one of the Pillen brothers. Jimmy Jimmy Pillen recovered it. Exactly. That was that was awesome. But yeah, it's. And then, unfortunately, we had to play them again in the Orange Bowl, which was a joke. I'm still mad about that. No, I bet. You know, I bet. But, well, uh, I bet Roger. That was ridiculous. I bet Roger and Curtis uh, oh, still smile about the opportunity. Yeah. 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 yeah I, I talked to Curtis this morning, matter of fact, and he's excited. He says, oh, you know what? Now, in 75, they went down there and got beat. They were up 14 to 7. They were undefeated that year. And Curtis actually got knocked out uh, after Vince Paragama threw an interception. He got a, they, it was a cheap shot. It was on film. Uh, I think it was Jerry Anderson, the DB for Oklahoma. He took a, a elbow underneath Curtis's chin and knocked him out on the interception. Mm. He got knocked out of the game. So he, he doesn't remember the Oklahoma game that year in 75. But, yeah, it, it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to Saturday. It should be fun to watch. Well, come by and if you're making your way down and say what's up, man. Yes, sir. You have a good day, bro. All right, take care. Artez, good to hear from him. 466-377-6800-825-5865. Yeah, you, he's mentioning his brother Roger. That that would be, should be Hall of Famer Roger Craig. That was Artez Craig on the road in his big old 18-wheeler uh, streaming at CSPNLincoln.com. And, yeah, I mean, it, it just means so much to a, a lot of us that grew up with it. And, Elijah, I mean, you know your, your Husker football history but a lot of your mates uh just it's the number three team in the country that is is going to do bad things to nebraska i mean that's that's like the other side of the coin for uh, a lot of the husker football fans out there that don't know and that's okay if you don't know nebraska oklahoma i mean it's it's been taken from you (laughs) with uh conference uh, realignment and the Big 12 starting that off. I think at least my generation still at least remembers some of the good Oklahoma-Nebraska games. I think back to the, the Big 12 championship game down in Kansas City, Oklahoma won that one, uh, but that was a huge game. Uh, I think back to 2009, that Prince of Mucamara pick six. Yeah. I remember I'm uh, living a couple miles from the stadium going outside, and I could hear the stadium after that play. Like, We're shaking. Yeah, the, uh, the, the, my generation of the, the college-age students right now still remembers. Those who are Nebraska fans growing up still remember what Nebraska-Oklahoma means. Maybe the generation below me doesn't. Uh, but I, I think we're the cutoff of, of knowing this is what Nebraska-Oklahoma means, and this is why it's important. Well, we'll uh, spend all week on Nebraska-Oklahoma. A couple of thoughts here with Nebraska and as they head into Oklahoma, what I'm anxious for is is kind of living up to the moment, delivering in the moment. And what I mean by that is Nebraska playing a good football game, not leaving 20 points on the table. Uh, we, we've talked, it's been uh, an ongoing theme this year, but there's part of me that thinks maybe Nebraska puts it a little bit better together, right? We know Scott Frost is a good play caller. We know Scott Frost is competitive. We know Scott Frost has a a dude at quarterback. It really kind of comes down to how much help's Adrian going to get Saturday. Uh, Adrian had a lot of opportunity to force things, as much pressure as he was under against Buffalo, and as little help as he got. And, oh, yeah, by the way, he didn't have his two starting tight ends. He had Toure, which was great, but he didn't have Martin. He didn't have Manning. And you had a couple of guys that came in, Brewington, and, of course, Hick, and Hickman's playing good ball. Hickman's playing really good ball, and he's really done well as a blocker. So Adrian just worked with what he had, and what he has is good, but they were backups. If you get a, a full-strength Nebraska team with Austin Allen and Vokalek, 
if you get a full-strength Nebraska team that actually this week either makes changes in the offensive line or the guys that have been the starting five, it clicks for them. Uh, you, you factor that with Adrian, and you you get him out and, and let him. He's been using his legs, but he's been forced to use his legs. Uh, the designed run versus the scramble run. You know, if you see a good dose of Adrian carrying the football, that that's how you stay close in this thing. He creates, he makes plays, you get a lot of your weapons back. I'd love to see Omar square off against this vulnerable Oklahoma secondary. Omar's a dude on the field that athletically can match and exceed what OU's trying to defend him with. You know, anything can happen. Uh, I think that point total's real high. But uh, let's see if Nebraska provides a good showing on a rivalry game. Jay Moore's next. All-State, two-year starter, and rush in for the big red and NFL vet. Is Dudeness or uh, Duder or, uh, you know, El Duderino if you're not into the whole brevity thing? It's Blackshirt Jay Moore with Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. It's Hale Varsity Radio, Oklahoma, Nebraska Week. We welcome in Blackshirt Husker NFLer, co-host Big Red Wrap-Up, and, well, dare I say... TV timeout star. Homegrown Husker. Homegrown Husker. And Jay Moore is with us. Jay, did they have the, the delay on for, for Junior? <laughs> no, uh, they did not. Luckily, he wasn't mic'd up or had any mics near. Otherwise, <laughs> they might have had to catch some. We might have been careful there. I was just telling him, you just got to stay by me because he was – you know, we were going down there. He goes, Dad, can I run around the field? I go, no, you can't. you got to stay right by me. <laughs> so I'm just glad he stayed by me. He, otherwise, he's ready to start doing some 40-yard dashes up and down the field. Well, we've watched the running game. I mean, maybe, I don't know. Can, how, how, is he, uh, how is he finding his own holes? <laughs> well, he might provide a, a spark, you know. He can maybe sneak in there somehow. I don't know, you know. When the football's, you know, you might struggle carrying the football sometimes, but it probably can't be any worse, I'll tell you that much. With that low center of gravity, I think he's hard to take down. I, yeah. I think he's elusive like his father. <laughs> Jay Moore's with us. Jay, are you wearing the Pluck the Peacock t-shirt? Pluck the Peacock t-shirt? No, I am not. Okay, I, we need to get a handful of on that. Okay, it's, it's the... Uh, there was a Sooner player that, that broke hearts in 1976 named Elvis. Uh, we cannot repeat his middle name that Husker fans gave him, but it was Elvis Peacock, get out of Miami, that was kind of a do-everything, like left or right hashba- uh, halfback in, the, uh, in that, that vaunted Sooner wishbone offense. And OU only threw the ball two times in 76, the birth of Sooner magic. Our dear friend Dean Blevins came in. And, uh, and and helped uh, deliver the really the the first national exposure of the hook and ladder ladder where the hook and ladder you know the lateral right we've seen it since then but this this uh, did in Nebraska in 76 and uh, Got it. 
there was a lot of a lot of gear that day, way back even before I was born, where Husker fans were wearing the Pluck the Peacock T-shirt. Uh, but uh, man, it's it's Nebraska, it's Oklahoma. Uh, a thought from you first on what you saw from Nebraska Buffalo, what you like, and what what do you want fixed? Well, first thing. I'll start with, you know, I guess the, the negative. The run game's got to get fixed, and I think we all know that. I think it's pretty obvious. I think Scott Frost said that on uh, the presser today, and that's, that's got to – the whole line's got to play better. There's just – they got to play better. You can you can have a lot of weapons. Nebraska's utilized the weapons. I mean, how good has Ture been? And, you know, Adrian's been really good, even though sometimes he's running for his life. The whole line got has got to play better. And I don't, I don't know if they can – do anything play calling wise to kind of help them out, get things going. They got to get more creative. You know, they kind of found something with some counteraction looking, some stuff going, you know, in the game. Or, you know, I really liked when they got into the I formation, you know, after that Brimer's uh, interception, they punch it in there. Um, I, I love that look. If, you know, some, something, a little wrinkle here to kind of get them going. Because they're just, they seem to just struggle a little bit. There always seems to be a one or two extra hats on defense kind of. Right where you know a step or Irvin or whoever it may be uh, <laughs> need to go, so that that's got to get cleaned up. I you know the defense is playing well. Uh, I, I don't know how strong you know Fordham or or Buffalo's offense. I mean Buffalo did hang sixty nine points up the week before, I and mean, who knows how good Wagner is, but they still put up sixty nine points, and you know they creating turnovers, they're getting off the field, uh, they're they're doing they're they're playing good enough football right now. And they played well enough against Illinois for Nebraska even to, to win that football game. But, you know, and I think Adrian's progressed well. You know, Toure's been really good. Uh, you know, you'd like to see some other guys kind of get in the mix here. Hopefully Austin Allen's okay. He's able to bounce back after looks like he got his bell rung there, hitting the turf early in the, early in the first quarter. Uh, overall, I mean, this team, I've, I've seen some nice subtle improvements on both sides of the ball, and obviously the kicking game is going to get better. I mean, Colt, has, he has obviously he has some issues going on right now between the ears. Uh, missed, obviously, three three kicks that, you know, weren't that, you know, difficult uh, this past week. And, you know, and Nebraska easily could have had, you know, 50-plus points. You know, the, the the referees were on, you know, they need, they need to approve, too, <laughs> that crew in this, after this last game. But you know the, the the biggest glaring thing is is Colt needs to get some confidence back, and then O line needs to needs to get things going. And you know they're 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 making some things happen. It's just I I think this offense we just gotta they're trying to stick with the run game. And I I haven't seen a ton of Oklahoma play yet. I don't think they're world beaters on on defense by any means. But we have to be able to get some sort of a run game established to to make them honor you know honor Adrian because otherwise they're just gonna. I mean, I don't, I don't know if, you know, the back, I mean, with Toure, you just load it up. I mean, you just put eight guys in the box and say, hey, Adrian, just, you just going to try to beat us. I, you know, it's, you, you might see that. I don't know. Um, but I just would love to see this run game get going. This O-line's got, got to get better going into, you know, week four in, a, in, you know, a top five program in Oklahoma. Is it, is it what the run game's being asked to do, or is it the wrong personnel? I don't know. I mean, it, sometimes it, it is it is very vanilla. I will say, I, you know, a lot of it's a read read type stuff. You know, they're in the pistol, or mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's nothing crazy. You are asking, you know, when they did get a little more creative with some counter power action, they're able to do some stuff. Now I don't know if they're keeping it somewhat vanilla, just because 
hey, it is Fordham, hey, it is Buffalo. Let's not let's not get too crazy here unless we really need to, and let's maybe save something for Big Ten, Oklahoma, you know, and, and I, I would like to think so. I'd hope so just because, you know, it hasn't been too crazy, but – just the physicality to me hasn't been there. The the pop off the line, and sometimes when you whether you call it zone blocking or you know I'm not uh, O line you know uh, don't have a ton of expertise O line. I just had to play against them for you know all my whole life. But uh, sometimes you can you can mix it up for them and you know get them pulling, get them doing some trapping, get some stuff to kind of get them in the flow of things and get them kind of moving around and. And get them, you know, uh, get you know, a head of steam going for them. So I don't know. I mean, I don't think it's a it's a running back thing. I don't think it's you know maybe on some of these Adrians could have kept on them some of these you know read stuff and, mm-hmm. and pulled it and, and bounced it. I that's one way or the other. But I just to me, it just seems like the, they're just not getting enough push consistently. And Buffalo did have a, a decent defensive line. I mean, not nothing what they're going to see this week, but. You know, coming into you, you know year four, and yeah, guys have played. I mean, you can still say they're young. I I do know Cochran and, and Ben Hart's young, but and Piper, and you saw some young players. But you know, I just like to see some more physicality, and, and to me, that just comes down to the way you practice and uh, you get after a little bit. You know, between on Mondays and Thursdays, so they better get after this week because if they if they don't, you know, Adrian will be. You know, they're gonna have to chuck it probably you know, 50, 60 times. And I don't know if we want to get into that type of battle with Oklahoma. I'd like to have us establish a run game and have to you know, control some clock and keep this somewhat low scoring to give Nebraska a chance. But I just don't think, you know, Nebraska has a snowball's chance in hell if, you know, if they have to chuck it 50, 60 times. Jay, I think that the best run play for the Huskers this year has been that triple option look. I hope they uh, they bring out more of that against Oklahoma. That would just bring back images of old. But I, I want to move to the other side of the ball, the defense. Uh, they obviously had a great game Saturday against Buffalo. I just want to get your, your main takeaway from uh, what that defensive line did. They really did a good job shutting down the run. And then also Luke Reimer, 16 tackles and a Big Ten Defensive Player of the Week. Yeah, he played solid. I mean, that interception he had was pretty impressive, getting a tip and having the, the whereabouts to – Pick it up and almost score. I mean, that was that was a hell of a hell, hell of a football play. You know, Luke is he's an eraser. He's a guy that is fast and elusive, and he can kind of make some uh, pick up for mistakes that the D line might make or uh, another linebacker might make. So that's that's a nice. You want to have a guy like that. You know, they played solid. Have they played great? You know, have I? You know, I don't get to see a ton of the tape. You know, I've I've been at both home games, so I haven't been. You know, it's hard to see exactly what goes down. You know, I've been on the east side of the stadium, so I've been. It's hard to see exactly what's going down now. If I was able to sit behind, I'd you know have a way better view. Um, but everyone's just playing. You know, it looks like everyone's taking care of their job, and that's what's that's what's important. You haven't seen a ton of big plays. Yeah, they get some passes here or there. You know, for 10, 15 yards, it's going to happen. Keep it in front of you, and you suit up. That's that's this is going to happen. You're, you know, and um, but I think the D line. I think Stilly. Robinson, Daniels, um, you know, those guys have, have played well. I think Nelson has gotten, has gotten better. Uh, you know, he's got, to do, he's got to clean up some stuff, set the edge, you know, and, um, you know, JoJo Doman. I think everybody's been good. Caleb Tanner's provided a, a spark here or there, and they need it. So I can't, I can't say, hey, you know, there's a glaring guy out there that says he's, he's, he's looked phenomenal. But I think everyone's just playing really solid football. And that's just kind of what you need. That's that's what I think good defensive football is. Is when you have eleven guys doing their job, 
and taking care of it and, and making sure that they're limiting, you're limiting mistakes, limiting big plays, and creating turnovers. And that's, that's kind of what this defense has been doing, you know, other than maybe, even in the Illinois game, you know, they, they had that one drive and they got put in some tough spots with turnovers. And, you know, and it, so that's just, that's just going to happen sometimes. But, you know, as a whole, the secondary has been solid. And there's just, you got to keep getting better. You know, keep creating a pass rush. You know, they haven't been getting there as much, but they are. It does seem like they're getting off the ball well, and they're getting around the quarterback and causing some pressures and making that QB uncomfortable. That's that's what you want, and that's what you need. And they're going to have to do it again this this week with Rattler back there and, and this explosive offense against Oklahoma. I mean, this is this might be the toughest test they're going to have all year, uh, other than other than uh, Ohio State. So uh, it's going to be fun to watch them play and see what they have queued up and see kind of different wrinkles. They can throw out this this offense and try to slow them down. Like, I, I think I saw a stat that Oklahoma has averaged 42 points a game since uh, Riley's uh, since the uh, since he's taken over, and then and then you have I think then the lowest point total they've ever scored since he's been there is 28 points. So obviously we know what they can do. So it's going to be it's going to be quite the battle. Jay, I've got about uh, a minute here before I got to go. Good, go, go to a timeout. I want you to stay for at least two minutes on the other side, if you can. And I need to kind of get your your stamp on what Nebraska, Oklahoma is. Not enough time right now to get your take, but you uh, you lived it. You grew up as a as a Nebraska kid, and uh, while you're you're much younger and, and not as gray as I am. You, you still saw it uh, right. growing up. So hang on for us. We'll come back to you here in just, yeah. a, just, a, just a second. Jay Moore with us. You watch him on Big Red Wrap-Up. And uh, he was honored uh, homegrown Husker at, well, during uh, the first and second quarter. Was that halftime? It's a blur. Uh, it would have been the second quarter. Second quarter. Jay and his uh, little man. So it's good to see him. We'll be back with Jay Moore. Barry Switzer on the way. It's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Other news today. Clay Helton out at USC. Fake Urban Meyer on Twitter has already made the statement for real Urban Meyer. Not interested in the USC opening. We'll uh, talk about that here in a moment. Uh, More from today's press conference. Uh... Half a hundred on the way here at 5.30-ish. Barry Switzer. Jay Moore back with us. Jay, you grew up as a Nebraskan. You played Oklahoma quite a bit in your career uh, at Nebraska as an all-Big 12 defensive end. What's this uh, rivalry mean to you? That means a lot. You know, the first Nebraska football game I ever went to as a kid was the 1991 Nebraska-Oklahoma game here in Lincoln where it was cold and rainy. And I'll never forget it. You know, I think I was eight. Uh, it was the first time I've ever been, I've been uh, at the stadium during during the fall. I've been able to go there during the summers and stuff, running around the turf. But you know, I remember like dragging my dad in early to the game before, like right when the fans could even get there. And he's like, you know, you're crazy. It's starting to rain, and we're <laughs> you're wasting we bar time, son. You're wasting bar time. Right? Yes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> but I was so excited to go and. And I, you know, it starts raining. I think we're just soaked and freezing, you know. And and we were sitting in the south end zone, and I think we left at halftime or maybe the third quarter, and then went to my 
Uh, I think we did go back to a bar that maybe do like one of my uncle's uh, fraternity houses in college at the time <laughs> and watch the rest of the game there. So it was a pretty cool experience for, for an eight-year-old kid hanging out in a fraternity watching the, watching the second half of Nebraska-Oklahoma. I remember like Calvin Jones going off in that game. And, uh, it, it, you know, that's, that, was, that was everything, right? It was, it was day after Thanksgiving, Nebraska-Oklahoma. And, and it wasn't – you know the the Colorado rivalry was different. That was like you hated Colorado. That was that that felt dirty, right? That was a, the you know the you had respect for Oklahoma as much as much as times as they've you know gotten the best of us. But you always had respect, you know. And I've had guys that I've when I've played professionally in the NFL and that played Oklahoma. They were all great guys, super good dudes, uh, and they they always had great programs. And you know I was able to, we played them my. You know, my sophomore year down there, and that was the whole what dirty hillbilly comment by Callahan. And then you know they came up here and played them. We played in my junior year, and then we played in my senior year in the, in the Big Twelve Championship down in Kansas City. So, got to play against them three years, and I was at, I was in you know I was in the stadium as a recruit uh, when Crouch you know the Black Forty One reverse pass. So a lot of a lot of really really good memories you know for for Nebraska, Oklahoma. I mean it's I mean it's it's. I wish I wish we could still play every year at non-con. That'd be absolutely great if they, somehow they could make that happen. You know, it, I don't I don't know what would need to, you know to, for it to happen. It seems like it it should happen, uh, but it'd be awesome. It, it's I mean it, it is. I mean you just Nebraska Oklahoma. I mean if you don't even know, you know Nebraska Oklahoma is like Michigan Ohio State now, right? Mm-hmm. Like they know how big a game that is. For them, and everyone's like, it was Nebraska, Oklahoma. That, that's just what it was, and it's too bad we don't get it anymore. We'll, we'll get it here for this year and the next year. But uh, it, it was that's that's what you did. It was it was turkey on Thursdays, uh, and then it was uh, Nebraska, Oklahoma on Friday. And you know, whether it was home away, you you sat down and you, your whole day was was around. It's like any other real game, but it was this one always just it just felt like it meant more. Jay, you, you nailed it. That was my first OU game with my dad too. Uh, was Calvin Jones, as uh, we now have just thought our feet, the the Schmidt family, my mom, my brother, and I. But, yeah, that game was incredible. It was always the rite of passage to play somebody from Florida in Florida. And uh, more times than not, it was an uh, invitation to the national title game for either Oklahoma or Nebraska. Man, thanks for going down memory lane. Thanks for your uh, your insight on Nebraska-Buffalo. And you got a prediction at all early on a Monday? Oh, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough sledding, I think. You taking the points or laying the points? Oh, man. What is it, 20, is it like 21, 22? We'll we'll say 22 and a half. 22 and a half. I'll take Nebraska covering, but barely. Okay. I'm saying like an eight, uh, like a 30, 38, 17. Okay. Type of game, you know, it's twenty-one, maybe thirty-eight. You know, is that my math right? No, it's seventeen. Yeah. That's not very good math. Uh, yeah, like 30, 38, No, twenty-one. That's twenty-one. You're right. I'm a, too many hits to head. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 38, 37, 38, 17, You know, maybe thirty-eight, twenty-one. Maybe get some late stuff. I just don't. Oklahoma's too good. Nebraska just isn't quite there yet. I just, I'll, I'll bet with my head, not my heart, in this one. All good. We'll wave at you from uh, from Soonerland. All right, brother. Sounds good. See Sounds you, good. Take care, bud. See ya. Jay Moore, there he is. 
Uh, Blackshirt Husker NFL or Big Red Wrap-Up. Plenty of thoughts on Nebraska OU tomorrow night. So catch Jay on Big Red Wrap-Up. But he said it perfectly um, with, uh, with what it meant. So let's talk USC for just a second. And am I crazy or do you just go over to the Fox football studio and grab Chris Peterson? I know he took time off and burned out at Washington, but he was good at Washington and he killed it at Boise. And he knows the Pac-12. And he recruited the hell out of California and took all the dudes up to Washington after Sark was there. People are reporting, though, there's some uh, some Big Ten coaches that are well, up yeah, high in that list, too. Yeah, you've got James Franklin. Does he want out of Unhappy Valley out to the West Coast? Or do you – Fleck would, like – Kill a family member for that job. Yeah. <laughs> Let me legit. Like he he would he would want that that gig. Uh, Luke Fickle makes sense in a, in a way because Mike Bone, that was the AD that was at Colorado with with Coach Barnett. I mean, Bone hired Fickle at Cincinnati, and Bone's been at USC. And they made a change. And, you know, you, you can't have Matt Leinert and his lazy eye piling on the uh, the head football coach at USC. You can't have your national alumni, who's your your Fox halftime and pregame star, piling on saying, you know, I just can't, can't go on like this. I'm paraphrasing Matt Leinert. But that, you don't get rocked by Stanford either. I mean, Stanford's always played SC well. That's not a great Stanford team. No, it's not. Not by any means. No, and they've been down. Hell, give Harbaugh a call. A name I think is really interesting here is Bill O'Brien. Got up to the NFL. Didn't work out all that great for him. But but he he built a very, very good team at Penn State. And I I think give him a a recruiting hotbed like you have in California. Oh, he's, he's one of those guys that, I mean, we're talking like 12 scholarships. And all he did was land Saquon Barkley, Godwin. I mean, all he did was was hit home runs with NFL talent. And those pro guys can do it. Bill Callahan did it. But unlike Billy C., you had Bill Bill O'Brien do a, a really good job at Penn State. I mean, and we're talking brutal sanctions. And, and he left a lot in the cupboard for for Franklin. Now, Franklin's done well way beyond Bill O'Brien. But, hey, James Franklin's, he spent a lot of time at Washington State early in his career. We'll wind down hour one. It's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Samari Ture will share his thoughts on that spread and was asked a question about confidence. Uh, we'll have that momentarily. Charlie McBride with you in 10 minutes. Hail Varsity a Monday. It's Nebraska-Oklahoma week. Barry Switzer coming up in 30 minutes. Uh, the Bootleggers boy, Hall of Fame coach with the Suitors for 
Some of those classics between Nebraska, Oklahoma, 70% of people in fatal crashes in Nebraska not wearing a seatbelt. If used properly, a seatbelt can reduce the risk of fatal injury by up to 60%. Your best defense in any crash buckling up brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. So we leave for Norman Thursday, broadcasting from Joe Washington's Friday and Saturday. So listen. I feel kind of horrific as a parent. I am making Junior's football game Wednesday. It's freshman ball. Big Southwest Lincoln East game will be at Seacrest for that. But he has homecoming on Friday. And he actually got a yes. He has, he has a date. He has a date. I'm proud of Junior. He's got a date. He's going with a friend, which is cool. Uh, and that's code for kid. Your hair is brutal. So, uh, well, anyhow, I'm proud of him. But I've been tasked with with getting him dress pants because for the last five years, all he's worn is Nike shorts or Adidas like jogger pants. And he's got he's not as tall as I am, thank God, yet working on it. But I don't know where to go. I mean, I've reached out to a, a couple of folks, Uncle Nate and company. But his waist is clearly not Schmidt ready. His waist is only a 28. Where do you find 28, 28 pants? Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Please. And knowing him, he's going to roll up. He wants, like, nice dress pants and a shirt. I'm going to just stop the bow ties. Like, I want a bow tie. He's like, you're not wearing a bow tie. No. But he'll he'll I'll I'll lend him a tie. I'll get him a dress shirt. He needs dress pants, and he'll wear his freaking Yeezys, and he'll look like a goon. No, it'll look good. No, that's that, that's the style. That's in. That's in. And, and what I'm going to tell speaking, you. Speaking of generation, the cutoff line of Oklahoma Nebraska meant something. Oklahoma Nebraska. Oh God, another primetime potential beating. <laughs> Um, and it's the same line as wearing dress shoes or wearing uh, a, a sick pair of tennis shoes right. or with, sneakers with, 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 your, with your tux. Yeah, right? it looks fine. Uh, I, I think my place to go to back in high school, whenever you're growing out of pants every single year, JCPenney. They're not, they're not open anymore. Are, are they? they not open anymore? Oh, that's where I was. I, I, I don't know. Because I mean, you, you don't want to go drop like, you know, 150 bucks in a pair of dress pants and he grows out of them in a year. Oh, I, I won't. Be. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, you, can't, you, can't you can't go for that. But I, he's probably happy that you're going to be out of town. Not like that, just like uh, in oh, terms completely. of... completely. In like terms I'd of dad embarrass him. him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My father was so good at embarrassing me for all sorts of prom evenings or homecomings. You know, when 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 your your date walks in the door and he wants to see your ID, <laughs> when your date walks in the door and and he's like, he didn't hire you, did you? Did he? I mean, just just off the top rope. We don't have time for two Ray, do we? To change the subject? No, probably not. So we'll hear more from Nebraska's presser today. Scott Frost's thoughts. Adrian Martinez will chime in. Don't forget, we've got uh, the left side of that offensive line. Guys making a push. Brant Banks, Teddy Prohaska. A tag team effort with my one-on-one sit-down with part of that Husker line. Coming up at 540, Barry Switzer shortly. Coach McBride next on Hale Varsity Radio.
Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmidt underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmidt. Welcome to it. It's Hour 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal is uh, we will get going here in Hour 2. Don't forget, part of that offensive line, some of the young pups that have been doing good work. Teddy Prohaska going to be with us and Brant Banks in 25 minutes. Barry Switzer will join us. We say hi to Mr. Blackshirt himself, Charlie McBride for Oklahoma, Nebraska Week. Coach, how we doing? I'm doing. I'm doing good. I'm doing, you know, not perfect, but good. Well, <laughs> hey, going to be a big ball game on Saturday. I want to go back to last weekend and uh, get your thoughts on Nebraska's win over Buffalo, specifically with the defensive side of the ball. What you saw from the black shirts, uh, Rhymers. It's been a while, but uh, Nebraska has a reigning uh, Big Ten Player of the Week in, in linebacker Luke Rhymers. Well, that's good. That's that's how it starts, you know. And um, you know that that's where you that's where you start setting the tone for things. And when you get a player, you know, that does something really good, that's recognized by the conference and things like that. I think that um, you know it'll wear off on other people. And um, you know, he set a standard, and um, you know, and he's going to have to live up to it, which I'm sure he will, or he'll give it everything he's got. And I think the way he came to Nebraska and things that reminds me of Derry Nelson and some of those guys that we had that walked on and, you know, ended up in the NFL. And, um, you know, those are the kind of guys you want to have around because, uh, you know, like a lot of people say, you don't check transcripts on the goal line. And, uh, <laughs> So it's, uh, you know, he's one of those kids, you you know, that'll give it everything it, it, you have. And, uh, you know, and, and win or lose, you, as long as you're doing that, you got nothing to be ashamed of. Charlie McBride's with us. Hail Varsity Radio Mondays with Charlie. Coach, uh, let's go to the offensive side of the ball. And, and Adrian was incredible uh, with uh, his poise, what he was able to do hitting some big plays with his legs and his arm. But, man, uh, I'm just wondering, you know, how how much of a jump uh, the offensive line can make because it's been mainly Adrian doing a lot of the damage in the run game, not the running backs and not the offensive line. Well, when you play a team like Oklahoma who's rated and and when you you have, uh, you know, not been doing so good the last, what, 10 years or so, you know, maybe these guys realize that uh, that they're they're still not playing as good as they can, and and it'll it'll maybe force something out of them. And that's usually how it starts. And um, you know, we go from one game; it can always be different. Uh, you know, I can't help thinking how just going to practice and having a scrimmage, and one week it's the offense, the next week it's the defense, and. Why does it get that way? You know, it gets that way because they don't want to be beat like they were the last time, or they don't want people to talk to them about them the last time. 
I know when things got bad <clears throat> a little bit at times, it was us against them, and it, and it might have been the, you know, the, um, the, uh, the, um, just the, the fact that, you know, the, the pressure of realizing that this isn't going to be the, like the last two games. It's going to be. We have to be better now. They know that. And they'll they'll hear some ugly things, you know, every once in a while, you know, from the fans. And so they have to prove themselves. And that's that's how it starts. Charlie McBride's with us. Hail Varsity Radio Mondays with Charlie. Coach, uh, as we uh, kind of turn our attention to uh, Oklahoma, Nebraska, what are some of your memories? There were some great, great matchups with Nebraska and Oklahoma. A lot of hard ball games, a lot of great ball games. What's that series mean to you? Well, the first thing, that's why I keep saying that, you know, that they better not just roll their hats on the field because the way it's happened in the past, sometimes the team that's not supposed to win wins. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm sure that they're going to look at Nebraska and they're going to probably put all their marbles on the quarterback. and And so that leaves an opening, you know, for other things. And uh, that's up to what their defense is. That's why the coaches have to do that, mm-hmm. um, you know, and work that out. But um, they still have a threat with the quarterback, and that, that can make them nervous. And if it doesn't, then they got a problem. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and, and that's why I said, when you, if you were a coach and you were talking about our, our offensive line, for example, You'd talk about the young kids that are, you know, just coming along and be careful. And that that would be my message to my guys if I was playing against a team that had a bunch of young guys up front. You don't know what kind of a pack they've signed. <laughs> you know, I remember being in college. We got our coach fired. I, we didn't get him fired, but he got fired when we were freshmen, and we made a pact. And all of the guys that came in with my class, that we're going to win. We're going to win, and we're going to win the Big Eight. And we ended up <clears throat> winning the Big Eight and going to a bowl game, played in the Orange Bowl and so forth. And, you know, it was something that we worked hard at. And um, that's what that's what that's what he, when you have young people like that, they get with each other, they play with each other, and they push each other. And that's that's a thing that I – that I hope that I see uh, as, as the season goes on. Coach, uh, when you think of Oklahoma, what what sticks out? What, what did that rivalry mean to you? Well, it was, uh, you know, here's the thing. The one thing I'll say about it, at least with the coaching staff, and I've never heard our players use the word hate. Mm-hmm. It was such a rivalry. We knew what to expect. There was... No, there was it, it was it was a matter of we're gonna we're gonna see the best one of the best teams in the country, and we have to live up to that. And you know, and it made us better. And um, so you know, they they always at times as time when I first went in there were athletically were probably better than we were. But then when you take a game like in '87, '78 or so, and we. You know, they had All-Americans all over the place, and um, they fumbled the ball all over the place. I mean, it was I mean, it was unbelievable, and they lost. 
and it was probably one of the bigger wins that uh, you know that Nebraska's had over the years uh, against Oklahoma. Even though as years went on, we got we got better. They didn't get better. They got put. They kind of lost some coaches. They had a lot of changes, and things were weren't going you know the way they wanted it to. And so we got them at a good time then. And and but the thing was, is every time we played them, you know, it was a matter that we never took anything for granted, never. And uh, our players never stopped practicing hard. And I and that's the thing I noticed about our, you know, uh, all the players, all the years that I've been at, you know, I was at Nebraska. I don't ever remember a practice. I'm sure there were some that the players thought could have been better, mm-hmm. but they always practiced hard, no matter who we were playing. And and every game was a was a bowl game, was a championship game, and that and that's the way that, you know, you had to play, if you were going to be, you know, a good. And you know, like I remember Christian Peter saying, if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. <laughs> So this this is a good opportunity, is what it is, and uh, you know don't be surprised if you see somebody, you know they think they think this is just going to be nothing to it. They're going to be you know surprised. Coach, what was it like trying to plan for and defend that Switzer wishbone option <laughs> offense? <laughs> Well, you want one thing you don't you have to find out on what, who you don't want to run with the ball. Well. <laughs> that was a little bit hard there, but in most <laughs> cases, you really, it was really it was really the quarterback. Even though they had all American running backs and things like that, it was always it was always the quarterback that would you know would really set set the tone of the game. And of course, they ran options. They they would recruit with the idea that. Oh, we're going to run the eye. So come on, to, come on to Oklahoma. We're going to. And they ran the eye in the spring, and then as soon as you get to fall, they went right to the wishbone. And you know, I think this surprised a lot of guys. But that's 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 pretty much what they did. You know, I think, and um, you know, but their quarterbacks were always quick, fast. They really knew the offense well, and they executed. I mean, they really executed the wishbone. You know, beautifully. I mean, they—you they, knew that there weren't going to be a lot of mistakes in what they're doing, and they're just going to keep trying to hammer you. And um, you know, with all the guys we played, I—you know—somebody said, "Well, who was the best quarterback?" They—I <laughs> don't know. Mm. You know, they were. I mean, every one of them could damage you bad. And um, you know there was always, always they always were good defensively, always. And um, you know they, I remember when I was a freshman, sophomore went down there, and the first I I went over the middle, and that's all I remember going over the middle. <laughs> I mean I got cold cocked, and that was you know, and you know that was what that was a message that they had was and. Uh, that, that Oklahoma, you know, they just, they, I mean, they put it to me. I mean, it, I was, you know, if you want to see stars, I saw them, <laughs> you know. And, but that was, that was, that was a message to, that, that this is what we're going to be like. They're boss. We're going to be boss. And that's, that's the way it is. But every team we played in the Big Eight Conference, 
if we didn't beat them three out of three times, we beat them two out of three times. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it was, you know, it was always a, a war. But again, it was always, no matter, even with me, when I played and way back when we uh, when we played as Nebraska against Oklahoma, it was always respectful. I mean, we we respected them for who they were and vice versa. And uh, when the game was over, it was shaking hands. It wasn't fighting or it wasn't any pushing and shoving going on around. It was all just play football. And um, that's the thing I think I appreciate about their coaches. There was never one of them or never one of us that ever criticized the other team. It was always respectful, and that's the thing I, I enjoyed about the rival we had with them. Charlie McBride's with us. Hail Varsity Radio, Nebraska, Oklahoma Week. Mr. Blackshirt. Coach, we'll let you go, uh, but real quick, was it a little sweeter celebration when you guys would, would end Oklahoma? You mentioned the 78 win. You had a good run in the uh, the early 80s against Oklahoma, and then uh, towards the end of the 80s and obviously into the 90s uh, when they had transitioned. But you guys really... I mean, would square off against Switzer and his crew. But um, I guess my question is, you guys preached uh, they all count and you got them all, you got to treat them all the same. That said, as a coaching staff, you guys had to smile a little brighter, didn't you, if you did get a win over Oklahoma? (laughs) You're you're not kidding, because I think the fans all look forward to it. And then when we got to a point in our scheduling and going to another conference and that that fell apart there was there was kind of a bad feeling about not having that game at the end of the year because it was you know it was really important to the to to our program and everything else and I think to theirs too mm-hmm. and uh, when you go back through the years it you know it was very meaningful and um, you know I think when you talk about coaches you got to talk about Switzer I mean I if, if there was somebody that a coach that I had to say that you didn't want to play against he'd be there and that's just because of the way he had them ready to play all the time you know there was never a game that I can remember even though we win where they weren't prepared and they weren't tougher than you know, a box of rocks. I mean, they were, they always went, went hard, played hard, and you knew what you were in for. Coach, we'll uh, see how things shake out on Saturday. Do you got a prediction at all? Well, I think that the only thing I can say is, is that don't, they shouldn't take anything for granted. They, they better not. I mean, it's, that's the whole key to both on both sides of the ball. Mm -hmm. I'm sure we won't. And, uh, I think that it'll be a great challenge for young people to, to, to this game. This game may be a key to how this uh, team ends up. You win or lose, mm-hmm. it's how you play the game, and uh, you know, and that's that's really important. Coach, we'll check in with you. Thanks so much. Uh, we're headed off to Norman, so we'll wave at you from uh, from Owen Field. All right. <laughs> Okay, I hope they don't have the same the same crown they had on their field the last time. I I looked the last time I remember. I looked across the field. I couldn't even see their knees. <laughs> it, that turf monster was notorious. You're right. <laughs> Some of those outcuts, the ball went kind of high. <laughs> That's funny. Charlie McBride with us, coach. You take care. Be well. We'll uh, we'll check in with you soon, sir. Okay. Talk to you next week. See you, coach. Bye. Yep.
There he is, Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride, Mondays. He's not kidding, man. Like, the crown at, at Owen Field when it was AstroTurf was, well, it was mountainous. We'll just, we'll just say that. You, you can get running downhill in the option that way, right? Well, or literally or, downhill or, or running uphill <laughs> trying to stop said option. Let's talk about that wishbone with the uh, bootleggers boy Hall of Famer Barry Switzer. Next, Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And we're back. Fellas, I think we could listen to the radio on Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes, that's awesome. Back into it at Tail Varsity Radio. It is Nebraska, Oklahoma week, and we are excited to have the Hall of Famer, the legend, Barry Switzer, back on with us. Coach, you're, you're headed out to, to take care of your pups. How are they doing? They're doing good. These are my, my uh, pets here. They're not the dogs I trained at Ground Zero, but uh, they were in the cages, and they, they're raising hell because they've been in there a long time. I need to let them out go potty. Come on, let's go. Come on, boy. And uh, I got Saber and Bella here and Jazz, all of them. So I'm letting them out to go to the bathroom here. So what what kind oh, of what kind of dogs what kind of dogs are they? I got German Shepherds, ball of them over 100 pounds, and uh, three of them, and uh, a lap. Okay. Yeah. Well, but uh, I've got about 40 dogs out of my camp, uh, my training camp, Ground Zero. The, Emergency Training Center, where we train dogs for first responders and human remains and all that. You know, it's a uh, firemen use them, and mm-hmm. we give them to first responders. And and uh, we uh, we're proud of what we do. We've been doing it for about five years. Barry Switzer's with his coach. What what got you into doing that? We'll get to football and, and rivalry in a moment. Yeah, as we had the Murrow bombing here. We had the Murrow bombing when they had that tragedy. You know, that's the first terrorist act we've had on our soil, American mm-hmm. soil. was back, wasn't the trade centers. It was at, by a homegrown crazy guy that uh, uh, that blew up the federal building here in Oklahoma City, killed uh, a couple hundred people. And uh, and uh, we, uh, I lost a player in that. And he was in the Secret Service. He was in the Ninth Ward building when it blew up, bomb blew up. But anyway, that was one of the reasons why, and uh, it was needed. And it's none of, but only about three in the country. So, uh, so we 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 got my wife and I got involved in that. She's really the engine behind it. Becky is. But uh, let's talk football. We got a big game coming up this weekend. Oh, absolutely. So. What what does Oklahoma Nebraska mean to you? You were a part of so many of them. And you know, Tom and I were in the Big Eight Conference. Then I think he was athletic director when they went to Big Ten. See, I look at Oklahoma and Nebraska and think Big Eight, and I think about the seventies, the sixties, the seventies, and the eighties, and that's that's the three eras that I played in Nebraska, mm-hmm. and those three decades. And uh, so I, I really don't. Uh, uh, other than that era, that's all I think about. I think about the great teams of that era, the national championships they won, and the ones we won. You know, think about that era. I think uh, Tom and I and uh, won about six national championships, and probably should have both won about four or five, and during that period of time. And uh, 
I know the Vandy won a couple during that period of time, and uh, so uh, it was a great era for Nebraska football and a uh, great era for Oklahoma. Bud won a couple in the 50s, you know. So the 50s, the 60s, and the 70s and 80s are really were great eras for uh, Nebraska football and, uh, and Oklahoma football. And it built a great rivalry. And, uh, and uh, you know, we hadn't played in years. I don't know how many years it's been since we played. You know, 11. It's been, a, it's been 11. 11 years. 11 years. You know, you can't call it a rivalry anymore. You only play every year. And so... I don't look at it as a rivalry. Uh, you know, we got one with Texas and Oklahoma State, and that's it. And and we had, used to have the greatest was Oklahoma Nebraska on Thanksgiving Day. Everybody in America watched that one. Chris, you know that. Oh yeah, Barry Switzer's with us. Few minutes, Hale Varsity Radio, Coach. Uh, a thought on on what that Oklahoma Nebraska game did when it came to recruiting, because. You guys were awesome at recruiting. Coach Osbert and his staff did a great job. And, man, oh, man, what a showcase for you guys every day after. Well, you know, the the great thing about Nebraska and Oklahoma, we never faced each other in recruiting. They recruited a different area than we did. Everybody goes to Texas now. Nebraska went to Texas some, but we never really went head-to-head with them. Turner Gill is about the only player that made a difference that we went head-to-head on down there that uh, – that we both wanted and worked hard on. But uh, uh, the rest of the time, you know, we're only 100 miles from the Red River, and we've got half of our football teams from Texas, half our student bodies from Texas. And uh, so we, we're, you know, we've always thought of that as our, our, our recruiting territory. We didn't have to go anywhere other than Oklahoma and Texas to be successful in that period of time. Mm-hmm. Today, that's not the case. Everybody recruits nationally today. But uh, Nebraska and Oklahoma, we never had to compete against each other in recruiting. They went kind of east and west, uh, I mean, get east and north, and, uh, you know, and uh, we were went directly south. And uh, so it was a different uh, different recruiting territories, and but yet they, we were both able to get enough good blue chip players that we could get them to come to our programs and Nebraska had the numbers remember they had the great walk on mm-hmm. program and and all that but when they had went to 85 that hurt Nebraska probably more than anybody mm-hmm. when you had to go to 80 NCA had us go to an aggregate of a total of only 85 including walk-ons I'm telling you that hurt Nebraska it really did coach uh, I want to get a thought how does how the Oklahoma fan base feel about Saturday with Nebraska coming in, and I ask that because of the hubbub with with Nebraska maybe trying to get out of the game. Well, they, they I don't know. But I pay, I didn't pay much attention to that. I had a contract; it would cost. They couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but but it wouldn't have been you know obviously good publicity for them. But they just financially didn't make sense. And anyway, they. Uh, they, our fans look at it as, you know, it's not the same. You know, these are different fans in, from the 70s and 80s. You know, my guys, hey, we're Tom and I are mid-80s. And, and uh, our guys are gone on, some most of them. But, uh, but anyway, it's, uh, it's Nebraska that always carries a meaning with it and a respect and they'll always have. You can never take anything for granted, and we took. It looks like we took uh, Tulane for granted, and uh, and we didn't get our attention of our football team. I hope it was a wake up call. Uh, East Carolina, whoever we played this weekend, that was uh, 
you know, that's not a fair test of who we are. And uh, even though we won, what, 69 or 72, I, I don't know what school was. Mm-hmm. I left and it was ridiculous. And, and uh, But that doesn't determine who we are. We don't know who we are right now. Mm-hmm. We really don't. Uh, we think we're better, but we haven't proved it yet. And maybe Nebraska will be a test for us physically. Uh, and uh, hopefully then we go on to play Texas, uh, West Virginia and Texas. And uh, that will be a, a probably, you know, Texas damn sure found out that they're not who they are. And uh, Hey, how'd you, how, how'd you like that? You're an Arkansas kid. Uh, what'd you think yeah, of that? I loved it. I, I know how big it was for the Arkansas fans to beat Texas. It was a big, big game for us. It was our biggest game when I was we were in Arkansas. We were in the Southwest Conference then. I was a player and I coached against Texas and played against them every year. So it was a gigantic game and that was a hell of a win at Fayetteville for uh, the Razorbacks this week, a domination, really. And uh, Charles Thompson's son likes. It looks like he's going to be the starting quarterback for Texas now. Oh wow! And uh, yeah, Kendall Thompson, and uh, he's a really good athlete, good player. Charles is a great player, and uh, his uh, so it, he took over for, for him down there. He's, he's the only one that took him for touchdowns hmm. drives. So yeah, it, I'd say he'd be the starter now. Coach, uh, 50 years, game of the century. You were offensive coordinator. What do you remember about the 71 game? I remember that we should have thrown the ball to Johnny Rogers about six more times. I mean, to John Harrison about six more times. <laughs> and uh, and uh, he scored two touchdowns and uh, uh, are in the game. And we pro- I wish we hadn't fumbled three times, which we did. And uh, give them had turnovers. Nebraska had none. And, and we... Uh, well, we uh, didn't give the ball to Pruitt enough. We predetermined plays. I regret not having that in for Greg, just giving the ball to Greg north and south on blasting power plays that he would be running the ball. When I when I had Sims and Bill Washington, I made sure I got the ball. You have a great back. You get the ball in his hands 25 times a game. He'll make something happen. And, uh, and we didn't do that for Greg, and I wish we had a, a second guess that. Coach, Nebraska fans, and there's going to be a lot of Nebraska fans. We're headed down. We'll, we'll hopefully bump into you, but we're headed down, and we're actually doing our radio shows from Joe Washington's uh, restaurant and bar. Yeah, yeah, he's got a place there. He'll, I, I think I'll probably come by. Johnny Rogers, I was on a Zoom call with him a minute ago. He said he was going to go by. And uh, so I'll probably do the same thing. And. Uh, We'll probably see you guys, okay? Yeah, last thought. Barry Switzer's with us. Uh, when it comes to your relationship with Nebraska and Nebraska fans and Coach Devaney, d- d- has it been a, a good experience for you? It's been wonderful. I've always said to my fans, I said, I hope we treat the Nebraska fans as well as they treat us because I'm telling you, they have always – they have always been the best fans that I've ever been to and around. Win or lose, they're that way. And I tell you, old Bob and Don Fox, Don Bryant were always there to see me after the game. And win or lose, they came to see me. We always, we always enjoyed uh, our time together. We spent together. So uh, it was a, a great, great experience. I'm glad that I had that opportunity to have that with those two. Can I trade you some sweet corn for some Switzer wine? <laughs> you bet you you can. Switzer family vineyards. You bet, Kevin. <laughs> Coach Switzer's with us. Coach, we'll see you this weekend. Thanks for the time today. Yeah, you bet. Take care, Chris. Bye-bye. There he is, bootlegger's boy, Hall of Fame coach, half a hundred, 
Barry Switzer with us, and uh, he, you know that's that's a fair take. You just don't know where Oklahoma's at. You, you get by Tulane, you blow out whoever they played. We got it right here, I think. Uh, and you know what's Oklahoma's supposed to be all that recruiting wise. They are. They got an incredible quarterback in in Rattler, but. As the week goes on, we'll, we'll dive a little bit more into just how Nebraska can can maybe uh, hang around this one, and and also some of the hurdles, uh, despite talent, Oklahoma may be facing. So coming up, we will uh, get a thought from Teddy Prohaska, Elkhorn South standout that has seen more and more action, more snaps the last couple of games on the uh, the tackle spot. And uh, his buddy, uh, Brant Banks, joined him. You've seen Banksy in at some guard. Also uh, got the start against the Illini at left tackle. So part of that Husker offensive line, guys that are working their way up the depth chart. And, and you heard Coach Frost talk today about, that. you know what, Teddy's, Teddy's an option. Teddy is an option. Guy's got to fight and keep the job during the week of practice. So Teddy Prohaska, Nebraska football, Brand Banks, Nebraska football. Next, big thanks to Coach Switzer. Hail Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now. And now, back to Hail Varsity Radio. A few minutes with us here on Hail Varsity Radio. Teddy Prohaska is uh, joining us. Teddy, it's uh, good to sit down with you, and, and I need a few... Uh, few phone books i think uh but uh how's uh, how's your experience been here uh you got a chance to see some snaps in back-to-back games so you know it's been everything that i dreamed of you know just kind of growing up knowing the tradition of husker football and then actually being a part of it now it's just kind of all dreams come true and actually getting in and playing it was just kind of a shock to me because i didn't really know where where i'd be standing after fall camp and spring ball but, you know, I'm pretty proud of the work that I've done. Tell me about your approach, kind of what was mapped out for you by, by the staff and also kind of your own motivation um, heading into to summer and, and then obviously showing what you've shown during during camp and, and also during the week through practice. Yeah, I just really wanted to focus on the small things, the small details that Coach Austin emphasizes so much. And... We, we would do O-line drills and stuff like that, and I would make sure that I was doing the correct technique that they were coaching that they wanted to see. And another thing is uh, just kind of get, getting my strength, you know, just gaining that through Coach Duvall and the uh, late program that we have here. It's just amazing. So throughout the entire summer, I would just little things and just getting stronger. What's the jump been like for you from dominating like you have and did in high school to uh, being a very reliable guy on this offensive line? Yeah, it was humbling the first two weeks of spring ball, you know, because everyone's so much bigger. They're so much stronger than they were in high school. So I would just yeah, it's humbling, eye opening. But after a couple weeks, it was just kind of playing football, you know, and the more you do it, the more comfortable you feel. The more in-game reps that I get, the more comfortable I'll feel with that. And I just was so happy with the jump that I did make from high school. And even my dad, he came up and watched. He's like, you don't even look how like how you played in high school. And I, I just credit that to the coaches that we have here. 
Danny Broaska is with us a few minutes, Hail Varsity Radio. Uh, when we talk about um, that jump, that metal approach, the technique, the little things coaches always stress, you know, I'm interested to, to get your take on just what, what you love most about playing offensive line and tackle. Obviously, you have the size and the length and skill set for it, but what, what do you love about it? Um, I'd say the, the dependency that the offense has on the offensive line if the offensive line's not working and, and like all together, it's it's beautiful when it is, and if it's not, it's pretty ugly. And I just think like the whole cohesiveness of all the offensive linemen working together, doing their thing. And I'd say for tackle, I mean, you protect the quarterback pretty much, especially at left tackle. And you have, I would say, more calls than most on the offense that you have to read and once you you know you make the right call and then you know that the offensive line is adjusting to the call that you're making it just it's just a beautiful thing to watch would you say you're playing pretty fast yeah i mean they they do tempo periods at practice and i'm getting used to the tempo because in high school it was never as fast as tempo as we do here but i feel like I'm making reads in the enough time that I need to make them, making calls that I need to make. And, yeah, I just feel everything's so much faster, but I'm adjusting to it so the game's slowing down more. Who's made you better? Uh, talk to me about the defensive side of the ball that's kind of sharpened you up. Um, I'd say Garrett Nelson, Damian Jackson, those two, they give me a run for my money most of the time in pass rush. And just learning little tricks and how to stop certain moves that they have has just furthered my game so much more. Are their moves pretty vicious? Yeah, they, 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 you know, they bring their pads. They hit you a little bit. And uh, sometimes I get beat, and I just got to learn from that. And sometimes I beat them, and that's, that's when they come back with some move I've never seen before. And I got a whole new way of you know, attacking that. Teddy Brosk is with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Who's sitting next to you? Uh, this is Brant Banks. Father. <laughs> His father. So uh, what's uh, what's your take on Teddy? Oh, Teddy, you know, as Turner said when he first came in, called him sweet feet. You know, he huge guy, big, long levers. He's going to do good things for us. He's super strong. So um, just depends on what he wants to do and when he wants to do it because he can get everything that we need him to do, get it done. You like the name uh, Sweet Feet? Yes, it's uh, very descriptive of, of who I am. What's uh, what's your take here on Oklahoma? You're a Nebraska kid. Uh, yeah, it's been, I think, 11 years since yeah. Nebraska's played Oklahoma. Some of us grew up every day after Thanksgiving freezing and going to it. But what's, uh, what's the mindset? What's the approach? Um, Personally, I, I would just say we're approaching this like it's just another game. I mean, sure, it's a big game, but we're going to attack it the same way that we've attacked the first previous three games. And, yes, there is a rich history with this program, and there's, it's going to be an emotion-filled game most likely. And I just think if we can control that, we'll be fine. I want to go to the, the, the locker room with, uh, with Coach Austin and how – um, his meetings go, whatever he can share or want to share, just how he corrects, he preps, and then how he kind of drills down on making you guys better. Yeah. Um, I feel like in the meetings he points out the little things, like I said. It's, that's kind of what they want to push on us is the little things in the detail. And if he's seeing something that is not up to standard, he'll call you out for it and make sure that you get it fixed for the next practice. Uh, you want to... Yeah. You answered it right. Yes, he will. That's that's the biggest thing we're doing right now is working on our little details because all of us are huge guys. You know, 
we can all push weight in the weight room, but it just depends on what we're doing on the field. It's it's small little things that are really going to make us great. Brent Banks has also joined the interview. Um, when it comes to cross-training, you've done well at guard, you've done well at tackle. What's that process, that juggling act been like? Yeah, so, um, you know, it, it really doesn't matter where I am. It, it's All i got to do is go out there and attack the person in front of me. That's the way I see it. Sure, there's some different footwork, some different hand leverages, but at the end of the day, you just got to smack the person in front of you and, and really impose your will on them, and that's what makes people good. So that's really what, what I have to do no matter where I am. And the, the plays are, you know, all the same. you got to know those. But besides that, it's just really attacking the person. Have you done much cross-training? Um, not really. I've just kind of really been tackled since I've been here. In the in the winter, they uh, we do many can sessions, like walk through to get down the scheme and everything. And G threw me at a setter one time, and fish out of water. Let me tell you, I had no idea what I was doing. So he's his method behind it is you got to know what every man on the field's doing. And uh, I'm glad I'm not playing center. We'll leave that for Cam. I was gonna say, I mean, you guys are giants. It's you get a little fire hydrant nose guard in there that's probably pretty hard to get you're capable of it but it's not the easiest thing is it to, to get low low man there yeah no yeah you can answer that. i'd say the biggest thing is just hip leverage and if you focus on Ben throughout the week in practice mm-hmm. it'll translate to the game and especially since me and brant were on the same side and the two deep you know, it's we got to just both work together on staying low and keeping our pads low, especially if we're going to get up against, like, Nash or uh, DT, who are just naturally lower guys. And going up against those guys specifically makes us so much better. Thoughts on the run game? Uh, Adrian's been explosive in the, in the run game. The, the backs of... Uh, as games have worn on, really picked up more yards per carry. How how's the progress been with with being able to to to, to win on the line of scrimmage? I think it's a huge thing to establish a run game, and uh, it's just a week by week thing. We're making we're going over the details to make sure it is perfect and that we can consistently get four to five yards a run, and making sure our running backs are seeing the holes that they need to be hitting to you know get those yardage that we want them to get and that we know they can get. And I just think, you know, there's a lot of season left. And the running game is just going to only progressively get better. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Tom should have had another national championship. I was sitting there that night and said, damn it, kick the extra point, Tom. You win the national championship if you do. So you, you win it. You, you, you win it. You game one. You're going to come out of a win or tie. You're going to be national champion. And uh, and I hate to see him go for the two, and I understand it. And, but, uh, my, you know, he would have had four of them if he'd done that. <laughs> so, Coach, you would have you kicked the extra point, huh? Well, hell, it makes sense. You win or tie gets you a national championship. I've gone into games against Nebraska where the tie, you know, all I got to do is tie, and I'm a Big Eight champion. Okay. And so, and our goal is to win the championship, and you accomplish your goal. It's not just that. Sometimes, you know, you think about what is your goal, what are you trying to accomplish. Barry Switzer, I mean, I, so many great conversations with uh, the the longtime head man at Oklahoma. Well, hell yeah, get you a national championship. Uh, 
He would have kicked the extra point, the Orange Bowl. Not T.O. Uh, it'll be good to see Coach Switzer. The road to Norman, Friday, Saturday, uh, Hale Varsity on the road, ESPN Lincoln on the road. Elijah Herbal will be down there. And uh, the outside Uncle Andy's RV looks like the Heisenberg Mobile. The inside is the mother of all glamping setups because it's been redone. So pretty good stuff. We'll be um, broadcasting live a cigar bar that Joe Washington's uh, got a piece of. The All-American running back for Oklahoma with their back-to-back title teams, uh, which is going to be cool. And uh, excited to to spend time tonight, too, with Charlie McBride. Coach was on with us uh, Monday with Charlie. Jay Moore, uh, Blackshirt Husker NFL uh, vet gave us his thoughts on Nebraska, Oklahoma. We talked Buffalo, saw enough to be happy. It was progress. It was twenty-eight to three. And it could have been forty-five or fifty to three. And uh, defense is really kind of finding their groove. We both agree it's up to the offensive line, either the five that have been in there or some new faces to really provide a spark for Nebraska because they've got to they got to have a one-two punch running the football. Adrian's got to carry the football and, and do his thing. You're not going to be able to – it's not that Adrian won't or can't make plays. He will against Oklahoma. But how many can you get? I mean, think of his 70-yard, 71-yard run. Can he pull that off against Oklahoma? Sure he can. But you've got a whole different level of speed and talent and athleticism to, to contend with. I just want to put things in perspective just a little bit. When you look at this Nebraska offense, we came into the year saying, Nebraska, they need to find some explosive plays. They need to They've clean, got them. They need to clean up the mistakes, which they're getting better at. There's still some mistakes there, but there weren't any back-breaking mistakes from the offense in that Buffalo game. And then we said they need to establish a, a consistent run game. So they've gotten the, the explosive plays there. I think the uh, the mistakes are getting better game by game. The question is, can they find that run game? That That's the big question that is still yet to be answered. Well, you just don't know. Is Nebraska going to leave points on the field again? Most likely. You can't. <laughs> you can't do that and, and perform and stay in this game by doing it. I think it's a question of how many points they leave on the field, not F. Fair enough. Tomorrow, as we continue on Nebraska-Oklahoma week, Mitch Sherman with us, Rick Kaczynski a Tuesday with Kaz, and uh, Grant Wistrom will join us. Talk to you at four on Hale Varsity.